Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message kicks off our brand new series, The Cost of Christmas, with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message called I Am Willing. Enjoy this message. You can be seated this morning. We appreciate all of you being here. And how many know there's nothing better than Jesus? There's nothing better than you, Lord. And so, in fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, You're in the right place? At the right time, right now. I believe that. We welcome all of you. Welcome those that are watching online. And I'm looking forward to ministering this message this morning. Uh, We're on a new series called The Cost of Christmas. And uh, we enjoy the benefits of Christmas. We enjoy the fact that Jesus came as the Savior of the world. But there was a cost to it. And we know that Jesus died and sacrificed his life. But other people had to make decisions. Uh, in his coming and number of people in the Bible that uh, God spoke to ahead of time before Jesus was ever born and it was the cost to that and so I want to minister on that and I want to kind of relay it to the fact that all of us this morning uh, there is a cost in serving God there is a cost there there are times where we struggle there are times where we have to navigate some things in fact some of the greatest choices that you ever make in life will affect your destiny, will affect the destiny of other people. And the choices that you make today will cost you time, will cost you energy, will cost you commitment, will cost life investment. And so I want to talk about that this morning. I want to read a verse of scripture uh, because I'm going to talk about the cost. And in fact, Jesus even talked about the cost of serving him. In fact, Jesus never made any apologies about the commitment and the cost it was to serve him. And this is not going to be my text today, but I want to kind of just prepare you as we get into the message that there is always the cost and commitment to serving God. It's not something we just kind of, you know, give our life to the Lord. It's not going to cost you anything. Don't worry, you're not going to change. You're just going to be the same person. In fact, you need to change. We all need to change, right? But here's what Jesus said. In in the book here of uh, Luke chapter 14, it says, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned to them and said, If anyone comes to me, but he loves his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, or sisters, or even his life, it says, more than me, he cannot be my disciple or cannot be my follower. That's pretty heavy right there. Whoever is not willing to carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple my followers so you've got to be willing to deny yourself and some sacrifice then he said if you want to build a tower you first sit down and decide how much it's going to cost you just like most of us we know if you've ever been doing any remodeling in your house or making some changes you have to estimate how much it's going to cost you to see if you have enough money to finish the job if you don't you might lay the foundation but you would not be able to finish Then all who see it would make fun of you saying, this person began to build but was not able to finish. Then a few verses down said, in the same way, you must give up everything you have to be my follower. So let's pray this morning as we dive into this message today. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the word of God. Thank you for this congregation and the lives that are here today, I pray that the word today would just impact them and Lord speak to them today. 
I pray let the word of God unfold in our hearts today. God, help us to receive it and help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray today for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your word. Your word is relevant in 2021 and it's going to be relevant in 2022 and for decades and years to come, it's relevant. And so I pray today, let the people hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. And so we're going to look at some of the most important choices that people had to make in life uh, during this, that Christmas time when Jesus came, the very first Christmas, and the destinies of people that were changed by their choices and the cost that it was. So Mary made a choice. Joseph had to make a choice. The wise men had to make a choice. And of course, we go into the whole Christmas story, the innkeeper Uh, had to make a choice. So we're going to talk about those in the next few weeks, and we may even talk about the shepherds as well. We'll see how it goes. But uh, I want to start, first of all, with Mary and the choice that she had to make, and she had to accept the call of God upon her life. God began to speak to her and through an angel of what she was going to do. And so let me just say a few things. I want to kind of Um, clear up some misconceptions about Mary because biblically when you look in the word of God you're going to find although Mary was specifically chosen by God to give birth to the Savior I want to clear up some misconceptions here Mary was not perfect Mary was not sinless in fact when she came to the uh, temple when Jesus was born she brought sin offerings with her as well and Mary was not God Jesus is our Savior right and She even called God her Savior. And nowhere in the Bible are we told to pray to Mary. There's none of that in Scripture. Nowhere in the Bible uh, that's been taught by a lot of church tradition. But the Bible does tell us a lot about Mary that I want to kind of bring out here today. And the fact that she was special in, in the sense that God called her and chose her. But not only did God choose her, she accepted God's will. She accepted what God had for her life. She was willing to count the cost, listen to me, to do the will of God. She was willing to accept and trust God in the thing that the Lord had called her to do. And I want to bring that out today because I want to say that to you because all of us this morning, we have a choice to either do the will of God or not. You can accept God's will for your life or you can just say, I'm just going to do my own thing. And Mary, believe it or not, she had a choice. And you may say she didn't have a choice. She did have a choice. She could have just said, no, I'm not doing this thing. And believe it or not, she could have even aborted the baby. Think about that. There's a lot of things that could have happened. Even back then, a number of things could have happened. But here's what the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And this is where, this is our text here. Uh, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin engaged to be married to a man by the name of Joseph. And he was the descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel said to Mary, greetings to you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at, at his words. And she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So you need to understand, Mary is extremely young at this time 
And an angel shows up and begins to tell her and give her this prophetic word of what's going to happen. And one of the things, the reason why we know she was very young back then, uh, marriages were arranged. And you got married very, very early in life because most men died early. They died young. And so many women during that time got married when they were 14, 15, 16 years old. So a lot of scholars believe that Mary was probably in the age of 15 or 16 years old when the angel shows up and the angel says, have I got a plan for you? Man, I've got some special news for you, Mary. And this, you're not going to believe this. It's an incredible plan. Uh, There's going to be a savior that's going to be born. He's going to save humanity uh, from their sin. He's going to save the lives of people. And guess what? You're going to be the mom. And you're going to give birth to this child. And you're going to do it without having a relationship with any man. Could you imagine Mary thinking, well, that's pretty a fantastic story, but uh, how am I, how is this going to happen? How am I going to have a baby without having any kind of relationship or, or with any man or going to bed with any man? How am I going to do this? Now, this was, uh, could you imagine even during that time, uh, the, the, she was just going, this is crazy. And so you think about how Mary... She didn't, she didn't understand everything that was going on. And this is what I want to say to believers today. You don't have to understand completely in order to obey immediately. There are a lot of people, when it comes to the will of God, I want to know all the details. You can't handle the details. There are some things that God will tell you to do. God will move upon you, things that you need to make a choice in. And you're not going to know all the details and understand everything completely. God will call you to do something and you don't have to understand all the details in order to obey immediately. You don't have to fully understand everything. The Bible said that Mary was greatly troubled. In other words, uh, another translation means, or in the Greek, she was agitated or she was disturbed or perplexed or a bit confused, not understanding completely what the angel was saying. And you can imagine uh, uh, Mary was thinking, man, what do I, uh, you know, what do I think about this? Who am I going to tell about this? Who am I going to explain this to? Who's going to listen to me? Uh, nobody's going to believe me when I tell them that an angel spoke to me, uh, especially my girlfriends, uh, especially uh, uh, those that are around me. My, uh, wait till I tell Joseph, uh, you know, I'm engaged. Uh, I'm having a baby, but you're not the dad. But yet, I haven't been with anybody. Yeah, right. Can you imagine that? What's the community going to say? Because back then, the communities were very closely knit, and people knew everything about you. And so, what's her friend? Could you imagine her telling some of her girlfriends and saying, hey, uh, yeah, you know, I'm pregnant, but, you know, I, I haven't been with anybody. Yeah, right, girl. Who are you talking to? You know? Could you imagine some of the headlines uh, that were going to come out? Uh, you ever see those internet headlines uh, when you're when you're on when you're scrolling on the internet? They they always have these little uh, headlines so that you can click on them, right? You ever see those things? And you're you know you you could be working or something, looking up something, and all of a sudden this headline comes up, and they're always like this shocking thing. You say, "What is that about?" You know, you know, woman does this or this person happens, and you go, "Oh my goodness!" You know. Prince Diane had a secret daughter. Oh, let me find that out. Elvis has seven children. Nobody knew about it. You know, I got to click on that. And so you can imagine 
the Christmas story about Mary. Could you imagine if we had the internet back then and it said, my baby's here to save the world and I'm a virgin. Could you imagine that? And eight crazy quotes from a woman that gives birth to a baby in a barn. It could have been that way. Or it could have been, how about this headline? A surprise royal baby. Or three ridiculous gifts to give at your next baby shower. That would get it, right? Right? If you guys know the story. But this is my favorite one. Who's the daddy? Woman claims God. Fiance says, fiance says he's not mine. Can you imagine? Or what about they would have put her on the Jerry Springer show, right? All right, Mary, explain to us exactly how you're pregnant. You know, we want a paternal test, right? A paternity test. We want something here uh, to prove, you know. So you can imagine Mary's in a pickle, basically. And she knows that uh, no one's going to believe her. And she's a bit afraid about this whole news. And in verse 30, the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with a child and give birth to a son and you are to name him the name Jesus or give him the name Jesus and he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of David. So the angel, believe it or not, is giving her a prophetic word that had been prophetically prophesied hundreds of years before of a Messiah that was going to be born, of a Savior that was going to come through the lineage of David. And so he's making this declaration about this baby that's going to come through the lineage of Jesus or David. This was the promised Messiah. Then it said, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. Now, a lot of us are familiar with the Christmas story. We're familiar with all of this. But sometimes if we can read right through it and we miss a lot of the details. And there's some of these things that I want to bring out in this series that, that all of us, because it relates to you, we think we know the story. We've, you know, we've watched the movies. We've read some of the Bible about it. But I want to bring out some things here because this was not an ordinary birth. This was the savior of the world, and this was going to be the son of God, not the son of Joseph. And look at verse 34. How will this be, Mary saying? How could this even be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin, and the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the most high will overshadow you, so that the Holy One would be born. In other words, this baby you're going to carry will be called the son of God. Again, not the son of Joseph, be called the son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she's already in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. So why did God choose Mary over all these other women? Think about this. It wasn't education because she had none. It wasn't well because actually she was very poor. It wasn't maturity because she was still a teenager. And yet, why did God choose her? Because Mary trusted God. Mary had enough faith in God's word that she accepted the assignment. The other thing is she knew the cost and the hardship that was going to come. People were going to criticize her. People were not going to understand her. People were not going to believe her and accept what she said. So there was the cost in her accepting this call and this assignment. 
And then it mentioned, the angel mentioned Elizabeth, which was Mary's aunt, and basically saying that your, your aunt, who's older in age, she was a lot older, her and her husband, Elizabeth's husband, and her were not able to bear any children, and they were already past childbearing age, so it was an impossible thing that her, uh, this aunt would ever get pregnant, and yet the Bible says, you know what, your aunt or your, 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 your relative is going to have a baby, and we know later on, this is John the Baptist, which essentially would be Jesus' cousin. And isn't it just like God that although God was doing, uh, going to do a miraculous thing in Mary's life, he had someone else that uh, Mary could relate to, her aunt, her aunt that was going to have a baby as well. And the aunt was already six months pregnant. And so God provided someone that would understand the miracle because sometimes you don't understand a miracle until you get a miracle in your life. And so Mary was able to relate with her aunt. And this is what it said. Mary responded. Here's where I want to key in today. And this is where it speaks to you. Mary responded to the angel. I am the Lord's servant. Did you hear that? And I am willing. This is the key right here. To accept whatever he wants. Oh, if we could find Christians like that. I am the Lord's servant. And I am willing to accept Amen. Whatever he wants, I'm willing to accept God's will, his destiny for my life. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left. She knew the assignment was going to be tough. She knew it was going to be complicated. She knew the cost. She knew that there was going to be misunderstanding. And just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's impossible. Just because it's difficult to do doesn't mean it's wrong. You say, well, the will of God is hard. Join the club. It's not easy. It's not for wimps. Are you hearing me? And so why did Mary say yes in spite of her fears, in spite of her doubts, in spite of all of her questions? And we find something that most of us probably are not familiar with. You probably, maybe you have, you've never really kind of got into this. But Mary actually writes a song and she sings about her encounter with the angel And she sings about uh, basically what God has uh, called her to do. And uh, it's found here in Luke uh, chapter 1 here. And it's called, uh, there's a a name for this in Latin called the Magnificat, which means in Latin, my soul magnifies the Lord. So here is this poor, uneducated young girl. And she writes a song. It's poetry, believe it or not. And this song... If you're not familiar with the arts, believe it or not, had been used in the basis of all kinds of operas, all kinds of oratories, and uh, uh, thousands of songs have been written about this great piece of poetry that uh, basically Mary states here in scripture, and she writes down, here's this young girl that's not educated, but she writes this beautiful song about her willingness to accept the will of God. And she lists five things in this song that I want to talk about that I believe fit all of us. Can you say amen? So number one, the first part of this song, and I'm going to show you here, is that she realized that God made her for her her, uh, for a purpose so you can write that down. God made her for a purpose. Can I tell you today, God has the purpose for your life. He just didn't save you from something. He saved you for something. Oh, God saved me from hell. 
God bless you. Amen. He saved me from drugs and all of these things. But he saved you for something, for something to do. Yeah, he did save you from something. Thank God. But he saved you for something. He's got a destiny. He had the plan for your life. See, you are God's ideal. Did you hear me? You are God's creation. You are, God designed you for a purpose today. And I believe all of us this morning should find out what is God's purpose for my life? What did God have for my life? What's his destiny for my life? And here's the thing about God, that God has the destiny planned for you, but he doesn't force you to do it. God doesn't twist your arm. God presents it to you. He lets you know, this is what I want for you. And believe it or not, I believe whatever God wants for you is best for you. We may not believe that. We may not accept that. And God doesn't force us to do it. And yet God had the plan. And God had a plan for Mary that day. And thank God she uh, did it and was willing. In fact, in verse 46, Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices what in God my Savior. She didn't say, oh, man, I can't believe this. This is going to ruin my teenage years. This is going to ruin everything in my life. I can't believe I'm not ready to have a baby. The Bible says she's rejoicing. She's enthusiastic. She's excited about doing the will of God. She's not hating the will of God. She's not upset. And let me just tell you something. When we do the will of God, we ought to be excited about it. We ought to be rejoicing. She said, my, my soul rejoices in doing the will of God. And I believe today, all of us today, we need to realize that the will of God is better. Did you hear me? I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. The will of God is better for you. It's not just right for you. Until you're convinced that God's will is better, then you're not going to stick it out in the long run. Because you're going to get tired of doing what's right. But when you realize, wait a minute, it's not just right, it's actually better for my life, then that will give you a little bit more longevity. Say, man, I want to do what's better for me, not what's worse for me. Somebody say amen. amen. Proverbs sixteen twenty five. there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof, what, is the way of death. When it comes to life planning... Many Christians act like an atheist. Did you hear me? They accept God's salvation, but they think, well, I'm just going to plan out my life the way I want to. Oh, really? Is that the way it is? God just saved you so you could do whatever you want to do? God saved you, and, 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 and you mean God doesn't have a purpose for you? God doesn't have a plan for you? And so you could just waste your life? Yeah, I'm saved. I'm just going to waste my life the way. Do you think God saved you for that? You don't think, you don't think God has a plan for your life? And so in the same way that Mary said, man, I'll, I'll, you know what, whatever you have for my life, in the same way that Jesus said, you must give up everything to follow me, Christianity, there's going to cost you commitment. Christianity without commitment is a fantasy. If you think today you can do whatever you want to do, man, you, I, I'm telling you today, you're going to miss the blessing of God. You're going to miss God's destiny for you. Number two, are you ready for this? Accepting God's plan for your life is best for you because you know that God cares more about you than anybody else. In other words, today, you have to realize that God cares about you. And because he cares about you, he has a plan for you and it's best for you. Your plan is going to get you in trouble, I'm telling you. You may say, I, I have it all planned out. Go ahead, but I'm telling you, it won't be what God has for you. And I can tell you what God has for you is a lot better than what you have planned. 
There's an old song, and, and some of you may know it. I'm not in the country, but it was a big hit back in 1982. But it's a Willie Nelson song. I, you know, you're, you are always on my mind. Anybody know that song? And, and I'll just kind of read the lyrics. I don't need, I can't think of the tune. I'm trying to think it. Maybe I didn't love you quite as often as I could have or something like that. And maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. And so he says, uh, and maybe you feel second best. Girl, I'm sorry I was blind, but you were always on my mind. And I said, that's baloney. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, you treated her second best. You weren't there in the crisis in her life. You, you're just making an excuse. You're a big liar, Willie Nelson. I'm going to just tell you right now. You're justifying why you weren't there. Am I right? You're always on my mind. Now, can I tell you something? I love my wife. I love my wife to death. But can I be honest? She's not always on my mind. I think about tacos sometimes. I think about the bills. <laughs> be honest come on i love my children to death but they're not always on my mind i love my grandchildren but they're not always on my mind same thing with you you don't tell me um, i always think you're a liar you think of a lot of other things and not always. can i just tell you something though you're always on god's mind i said you are always on god's mind and so Mary understood that God cared for her. He understood that God had the best for her. And, and this is where we need to understand that all of us today, you are on God's mind. He is thinking about you. You're his creation. So if God has you on his mind, he cares about you. And his plan is better than yours. And look at what Psalm 139 says. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I, I even can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. That's how much thought God has about you. And when I wake up, you are still there with me. Every moment God is thinking about you. He has you on his mind. Willie Nelson doesn't care. Amen. But God does care. And it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, give God all your worries and all your cares. What? For he's always thinking about you. That's the scripture that he always cares about you. So whatever concerns you, concerns God. Whatever worries, whatever problems you have, God cares about. He's genuinely concerned about your life. He cares about what's happening. He cares about every detail in your life. You are on God's mind every day. I said you're on God's mind every day. I was watching the news, and have you ever seen the news? They always have like a little statement, this little tagline that they say. And I, was, I, I kind of wrote some of these tags. We're here for you. You ever say, seen that, the news? We care about you. We're looking out for you. What concerns you concerns us. We're the name you know and the name you can trust. We're news that you can trust. You ever see the news people do that? And I begin to think about it. I don't believe that for a minute. You don't care about me. All you care is about the ratings. You don't care about what I... You're not looking out for me. The, the news, half the news you can't even trust. Am I right? And half the news, they twist it fake news anyway. So all of these different things. So Mary accepted God's assignment. Mary accepted God's call. She knew that God was really looking out for her. 
She understood that the will of God was the best thing for her. And she understood that God had her on her mind. Look at what she said. Part of this song again in Luke 148. It says, for he had been mindful of the humble state of his servant. So she's saying that he'd been mindful. In other words, he'd been alert. He'd been focused on me. He'd been paying attention to me. This is all part of Mary's song. She's describing, she's giving these attributes to God. She's describing God's attributes about us. And she's talking about how he's paying attention. Think about this. Jesus talks about that God cares about every detail in our life that said in Matthew chapter 10 not even a little sparrow that falls to the ground that God doesn't notice every sparrow that dies and for God knows and he said he knows every number of hairs on your head some of you don't even know the number of hairs on your head some of you don't have any hair on your head possibly I'm losing the hair on my head right Mamas don't even know the hairs on their child's head. The Bible said that God knows every, the number of hairs. on He knows the number of hairs on your head, the number of hairs in your nose, in your ears, all of these things. He knows all of that. God's well aware. He cares. He knows everything. He's mindful of you. I said, God is mindful of you today. <laughs> Pay attention to that. If God cares about you, then his destiny is greater than you can come up with. So Mary's song here, the Magnificent here, she's accepting God's destiny. And she realizes, listen to me, this is the third part. She realized that doing the will of God is the key to God's blessing. I'm going to tell you today, the key to blessing today is do the will of God. I don't care what you accomplish in life. You will never be fulfilled. You will never have the greatest blessing in your life until you start doing God's will. The, great, the greatest blessing, I'm not saying it's not going to be difficult. I'm not saying it's not going to be hard. But I'm telling you, the key to blessing generationally for, your, for generations to come in your life is doing the will of God. You can do a lot of things in this life. But I'm telling you, generationally, it won't go, it, it won't go beyond that because it's not, God's not involved in it. The key to blessing generationally today is doing the will of God. God's destiny for my life. You can ignore it. You can do whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you, you're giving up something great for your life. See, what most people do is they try to get God to co-sign their selfish agenda. They try to get God to co-sign what they want to do. They try to put Jesus' name on everything they're doing. Oh, yeah, in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah, I'm doing this. I know, but, you know, we prayed. I know we're sinning, but we prayed about it. Uh, Jesus' name. Yeah. All of these different, you can put Jesus' name all over it. God's not involved in it. You can, you know, blab it and do all of this stuff, but you know you're not doing God's will. When you're selfishly pursuing your own thing, doing what you want to do, the blessing of God's not there. Look at what she said in Luke chapter 1, this part of this song, verse 40. From now on, every generation will call me blessed. And it says, for he, the mighty one, she's acknowledging God, is holy. He has done great things for me. He chose me, and God's will show his, God will show his mercy to every generation who, uh, who will worship and serve him. Again, she's saying the key to blessing is not worshiping her, it's worshiping God. The key to blessing is doing the
the will of God. She is accepting God's will for her life. And she said, from now on, generationally, this blessing uh, that I've done, people are going to know and they're going to realize the key to eternity, the key to the blessing of God is doing his will. Let me just tell you something. Uh, a lot of things we could do here today on this earth will be forgotten, but I'm telling you what we do for God is never forgotten. Uh, eternity keeps good record of what we do. We, you know, it's going to be accounted for. Every deed that you do for God does not go uh, uh, unmarked and God remembers. And I believe today, if we do things that are just going to please us, you're wasting your life, man. You're wasting your life. It's not going to count. And Mary said, I'm going to do the will of God. No one was forcing her. She wasn't some puppet on a string. Are you hearing me? She said, I'm going to do the will of God. I'm not going to miss what God has for my life. Mary could have missed it. She could have just said, no, God, I'm not going to do this. I don't know what would have happened. Believe it or not, there was abortion back then, believe it or not. There was a lot of things that were happening back then, but she made a choice that I'm going to do the will of God. In fact, God always tells us to make a choice. Deuteronomy 30, 19, God said, the day I've set before you, today I've set before you life or death, blessing or curses, now choose life. I don't know about you, but I'm choosing life. And let me just be honest with you today. As a pastor, as you're listening to me, and I'm putting some very challenging words out there to, to, for many of you that are sitting here, you may be thinking, oh, I know, but I'm not going to commit. I'm not going to take a faith step. I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to get involved. I'm just going to sit back and watch everybody. Do you think that's the will of God for you? To just sit back and just watch everything? Watch everybody else serve? Watch every... You're making a huge mistake. You don't realize the blessing that there is in serving. I, we just got out of a series called Undeserved. We don't have to serve. We get to serve. And there's a blessing in that. And I'm telling you, the moment you think, I'm just going to sit back, I'm going to do nothing, I'm just going to come to church and, and not get involved, you're missing out on the greatest blessing. When you minister to others, man, that's where God blesses you. You're missing it. Jesus said, man, I, I don't come to be served. I come to serve. If Jesus knew the key to life and the key to blessing was serving, serving how much more should we? If Mary knew the price and all of that, everything that was going, it, it totally changes her life. It totally is inconvenient. She's going to have to carry this baby for nine months, all of these different, but she knew the key to blessing was doing the will of God. How much more should you? And there are people uh, time and time again, God's trying to stretch your faith. I'm a pastor. I'm going to challenge you. I love you, but I'm going to tell you today, the greatest key to blessing to your life is finding a place to serve and committing your life. I appreciate you coming here. Thank you for coming. I appreciate that. But I, I'm going to tell you today, I want to challenge you today to step it up in your commitment, to step it up in your faith. And you say, well, I know I need to do that, but I'm not. Can I read you a scripture? I'm going to challenge you a little bit more. It says, to know what you ought to do and not do it, it's sin. James 4, 17. You are better off not coming to reach church today, but see, now you came. You've been coming. I'm going to put it out there. You know what you ought to be doing and you're not doing it. The Bible said that's sin. 
If you know you should get involved, if you know you should participate, if you know you ought to step it up in your commitment, if you know that God brought you here and your family here, all of these things, you need to recognize for if you're going to grow, if you're going to develop, you need to get involved. I, I can't tell you more. We had just a few weeks ago a sign-up sheet. You need to sign up and get involved. Find what you could do. Uh, God, all of us have at least one talent. If you haven't discovered it yet, God will show you. Just pray. God will show you what it is and get involved. Can I, can I just challenge you there? And so Mary understood the key to blessing was doing God's will, was getting involved and say, okay, God, I'm going to do. And she said, I'm your servant. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And so this morning, I want to acknowledge one of our workers here. She's been here in our church serving. She does it with all of her heart. I got, we got a gift for her today. And I, I, I want Adela to come. Where is Adela at? She's, she's working the camera. So Adela doesn't even know this. But Adela works the camera. She served out there greeting people. So Adela, we, we, we got a card telling. We wanted to get you a card acknowledging you and telling you we love you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. So... We got some cash in there, okay? So you use that cash however you want. Use it on you, whatever you want to do. But we wanted to acknowledge her today because she serves and she doesn't look for credit. She, did, she pretty much just says, whatever you need me to do. And, and she's been serving in so many areas in the coffee house, out in the greeting. And next thing I know, I go, she's in the camera too. My goodness, she, she, she does it all here. Amen. Why? Because she's willing just to serve. Whatever. Uh, if, if there's a need, I'm going to feel it. See, I found the day you say, well, you know, what do I do? See a need and feel the need. And you'll be surprised what God will do and what doors will open up for you. Number four, are you ready for this? Mary accepted God's destiny for her life because she understood it was best, but she understood the power of being humble. See, a lot of us this morning, we won't do the will of God because we're not humble enough. We're too prideful. Can I preach this morning? Some of you just, I feel like there's being rocks thrown at me today, but that's all right. See, pride and arrogance usually forgets God's will. And we, we say, well, I have my own plans. I have my own amb- ambition. Is God involved in it or not? James said, God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. It says uh, before, uh, Proverbs 14 or eighteen twelve says, before honor, there is humility. Book of James says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. See, I want God to lift you up. I want God to bless you. I want God to bless your family, bless your business, bless whatever you're doing today. But before honor, there's got to be humility. There's got to be that ability to say, you know what? I'm going to humble myself and and I'm going to do what God called me to do. Look at verse 15, 53 of this uh, song that Mary has written here. Now he, talking about God, has displayed his power with many mighty deeds. But has scattered the people who, what, are proud and think they are the great ones. So you think you're all that, you're nobody. In other words, they think they don't know God. He has brought down mighty rulers from their throne, but has, excuse me, has raised up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away with nothing. He said there's going to be a great reversal one day, especially in eternity. 
And she's writing this poetry, basically, and she's stating what's going to happen. He said, shit, there's power in humility. There is a raising up of humility when a person humbles themselves. And think about this. Mary was just a young girl, but at a young age, she's writing this song, this poetry. And who knew hundreds of years later, uh, thousands of years later, basically, people would be singing this song and writing and doing poetry and doing uh, operas with her song uh, because today, this, what she did was she was willing to humble herself. And the fifth thing she did was she understood that God keeps his promises. She did the will of God because God keeps his promises. We know that the Savior of the world, the Messiah, was to come into the world And she realized at that moment, see, Mary may not have been educated, but she understood the word of God. And in that poetry, it really states to us that she knew God's word. She knew this was the promised savior. She knew this was the coming Messiah. And in that song, she makes that statement here in verse 54 of the song of Luke chapter one. And he has kept the promise that he made to our ancestors. She's quoting the word. This is the promise. This is the, the, the Messiah and has come to help, uh, has come and said, come to the help of his servant Israel. He has remembered. In other words, God doesn't forget his promises. He has remembered to show mercy to Abraham, what? And to all the descendants forever. So she understood this was the promise that would come, that she promised Abraham thousands of years before that, that basically there was going to be a savior of the world, that it was going to come through the lineage of Abraham, and it would go on, and this savior would come to the world. And she was claiming and speaking the prophetic word. Think what Isaiah chapter 7 said, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call him Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. She understood all of those things. And she was willing to count the cost and do the will of God despite the ridicule, despite the misunderstanding. And today we're talking about her life. Today we're talking about this this young girl that was willing to give up her teenage years and become a mother and give birth to the Messiah of the world. She was willing to do that. What are we willing to do for God today? What are we willing to do? What, what is Christmas costing you today? You know, I'm talking about saying, you know what, God, I want your will. I've been doing a lot of things, but God, I want to do your will today. I want to do what you've called me to do. Do you realize something? Think about this, that there's nowhere in scripture that it tells us to celebrate the birth of Christ. And I'm not saying not to celebrate that. It really doesn't tell us that. What it does tell us to celebrate is the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Now, we're thankful for him coming to the world. But actually, the celebration is what he did on the earth. Are you hearing me? He died and he resurrected again. But it started on that Christmas morning. The purpose and the will of God started through a young woman who said yes to God. Let's say yes to God today. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for truth today. I thank you for every person that is sitting in this building. So if we can just very much just kind of bow our heads, close our eyes for just a moment. No one looking around. No one walking around at this moment. I I believe the Lord is in this house today. 
I've shared some truth. There was the cost to Christmas. There was the cost to Jesus coming to be born. But someone was willing to say yes to God. Someone was willing to say it's not convenient. Someone was willing to say it's not what I planned, but God, what you plan, and I'll do it. I'll do what you call me to do today. So if you're in this room right now with every head bowed, every eye closed today, Christians praying quietly. If you're in this room right now, you're listening online. I want to say to you, are you willing to serve God? Are you willing today to say, yes, God, I need you as my Savior? Because Jesus came to be the Savior of the world. He came to save your soul. That's the real Christmas story. The real Christmas story is not just Christmas songs. It's who Jesus was. He came to be the Savior because all of us are lost without God. Even Mary said, God, my Savior. She realized she was lost and needed a Savior. Every single one of us, the Bible says, we have sinned and fallen fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, not even one. There is not one righteous person in this building. You need a Savior. You need God to forgive you of your sin. You need Christ in your life. So not only was he born, but he died and resurrected again from the dead so that you can be saved today, that you can have a second chance in life. You say, man, I've ruined my life. I've done a lot of mistakes. Join the club. But man, God is the God of second chance and third chance. He'll, he, he, he loves you that much today. So if you're in this building right now with every head bowed, every eye closed, say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. What a wonderful time, a wonderful time right now to say, you know what? I, I want to receive Christ in my life. That's the greatest Christmas gift you'll ever have this season or this month having Jesus come in your life today. If that's you right now, you're in this building right now, you're listening online, you say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need Christ in my life. I need to open up the real gift of Christmas and invite Jesus to come in my life to be my Savior. If that's you, would you open, would you just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, that's me. I need the Lord in my life right down here. God bless you, young lady. Who else? Who else? Anybody else? Right? Just raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life today just raise your hand right now just say that's me that's me thank you put your hand down thank you anybody else anybody else you say you know that's me i need god in my life help me out usher that there's somebody out there right now wherever you're sitting doesn't matter what walk of life you come from how old how young you are we're all sinners and we need god in our life today And I don't want you to pass up this opportunity. That's why I'm not rushing this today. But you're sitting out there saying, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need Jesus. You know, I always think about Christmas and all this. It's just during December. No, Christ is year-round. He's real right now. And he's real next month and the month after that. And Christ wants to come in your life right now. And you're not here by coincidence. I think it's too coincidental to be a coincidence that you're hearing this message today. But I'm here to tell you, give your life to Jesus. Don't leave here without him. That's you. Raise your hand if you haven't raised your hand up already. So that's me, Pastor. I need God in my life today. Maybe you were once walking with God. Maybe you were once serving the Lord, but you've kind of fallen away. You need to rededicate your life. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Is there anybody else right now? Just raise your hand. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You raise your hand. You raise your hand. Look up at me real quick. You mean that? You mean that? Amen. 
want, I want somebody to pray with her. If you, why don't we all stand together? Can, can you come to the front if you can? I need someone to pray with her. Why, why, why don't we all? Come on. That's exciting. Amen. She's going to come. She's going to come. Amen. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Darlene, would you pray with her? Amen. Amen. I want to challenge you, church, today. You know, to do the will of God. Count the cost. Man, it was difficult. It's hard sometimes. We live in this world. There's so many things that are pulling us. Am I right? We're being pulled left and right to do this, to do that. We didn't, but man, have you ever thought about, you know what? I need to commit my, my life to the will of God. What does God want from me? Some of us, we got our whole life planned out. But have you even prayed? Have you even talked to God? Is God even involved in it? Or are we just kind of doing our own thing? I don't know about you, man, but I want to be smack in the middle of God's will. You know what? All these things are great, but I want to do the will of God. What is God speaking to you about? Maybe you need to get involved. Maybe you need to step it up in your commitment. God was committed to you when he sent Jesus to die for you. So we're going we're gonna to sing this worship song, and I'm going to open up this altar this morning. Maybe God's speaking to you about commitment. Maybe God's speaking to you about counting the Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.